Welcome to Music Bros. It's the podcast where we talk about music, the rules, and rules at music. Yeah. Today we will be talking about my music. That's right. I'm talking about my very own album that was released in 2018 on a label called Set Tapes. All right. And thank you for listening. I'm going to keep singing until I get bored of doing this. The album tag, is tag called me in, tag me in. Definition of Cool. Yeah, Jack, now it's tag over to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this album is very special to me because this was the first music that I heard of Fanny. And I was like, damn, this song is so cool. And now I realize we're going to say cool so much in this episode. Back to Fanny. Let's oh, go. yeah. I love when people say cool to me because cool. it's in my band name. Then they look at me like it's really, really funny. And I find it so funny. <laughs> I find it funny every time. Yeah, please keep doing it. Don't ever stop. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it yeah. is so cool. Um, yeah, I remember. Oh, it sucks. It's so everywhere in my vocab. Yeah, it's fine. It really will plague this episode. Yeah, I've done it to myself. The album is called "The Definition of Cool," as I think I sang. Um, and yeah, I did. I sent it to Jack because I was trying to play shows, and um, I sent Jack my music cold, cold DM. It's how yes. we met, essentially, and was like, "Hey, if you ever need a support band, I should really, I should find the DM. That would be fun." Um, yeah, find the DM, and and I'll I'll just talk while you do that, maybe. Yeah. So this cold DM filled me with so much warmth because <laughs> I was like, "What is this? What is this dinky little song? What is this recording that I've been sent?" And then I clicked on it, and I was like, immediately like, "I want this guy to be my friend." And I feel like we probably should be friends already. And then we didn't meet for a while. And then I skateboarded past Fen one day. And then he was like, that's Jack. And then we played a show together. But this was the, this was the cold DM that started it all. Uh, there would be uh, no music rules. There'd be no musical yeah. without this DM. Okay, so here we go. So this is the uh, message that I sent to you completely cold 2018 hi jack exclamation mark i was younger then um i've been loving your new ep and the video for let's go was totally insane in the best way as someone who went to the conservatorium and studied microtonal composers it's really really cool seeing microtonality being used in a genre that's listened to by more than five people also i was wondering <laughs> Also, I was wondering if you had supports already sorted for your EP launch. If you have a spare slot, I would really love to play with you. I make music under the name Fen is Cool, and this is my first single. Anyway, let me know if it's a possibility, and keep making great music! Exclamation mark. Hi, Fen. Oh my god. Wait, sorry, let me take that again. <laughs> hey, Fen. Oh my god! <laughs> Two exclamation marks. Get out of town. This That is the cutest video. Another exclamation mark. Super great with super and great capitalized song as well. Sadly, I already have supports for the June tour, but I'd love to play with you another time. Smiley face emoji. Your song kind of makes me think of Lewis Cole meets Jack Stauber. Thanks so much! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. That's all good. We should definitely do a gig together another time, exclamation mark. I'll have to look up Lewis Cole and Jack Stauber. Good to have comparisons, though. I'm never sure how to explain it to people. It's a constant struggle explaining your own music to people. For sure. I can't even imagine having to explain microtones each time I talk about my music. That must be a pain, haha. Anyway, hope the tour goes well. I'll definitely try to make it down to the Red Fern show and say hi, exclamation mark. Thanks. Our wow. first ever interaction. That, you know, that's very sweet. I think, I, I think DMing people out of the blue is really cool, and I think it can have like unexpected results than people think. Yeah, because a lot of the time, like I contact musicians that I really like, or I send them a nice message and just say, "I love this new release you did. 
it was so cool um and that's it and i sent it to them and you nearly always will get a response yeah because people love to hear it and also people think you get way more praise than you do yeah <laughs> i once had someone come up to me at a party and say oh, i know you probably hear this all the time but i really like your music and i think it's so cool Aww. and i was like I never hear this all the time. <laughs> In fact, I hear this none of the time. <laughs> I'm actually freaking out right now. <laughs> this is actually a highlight for me. So, yeah, go and compliment your local musician. Yeah, I think especially like local musicians and especially like compliments from people that you don't know at all is kind of... Mm. I don't know. There's For something sure. about that where it's like, okay, well, they don't just like this because they're my friend. <laughs> you mm. know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's that. That's yeah. and, really nice. And that's a hard truth: is that people do like your stuff because they're your friend. Yeah, <laughs> which is also <laughs> because cool. I, I and see it's that because they, daily. you know, they like you as a person. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And and they like they like going out and they like having a few drinks on the day off. And they like laughing and they like seeing you up on the stage. And maybe they don't go home and listen to microtonal math core. Yeah. Or, you know, I just, or maybe they just don't listen to your music outside of that scenario. But that's okay. That's okay. It's fine. That's it's fine. fine. It doesn't need to be perfect and pure all the time. <laughs> but anyway. But yeah, this, I... uh, this message meant a lot to me. It was a very nice thing to send oh, through. Oh, that was... And I was good. immediately taken by your song. I That's nice. It was so cool. And from day dot, I was a fan. Yeah. I think this must have been before the album was out, um, where I just had yeah. the single up. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like a dinky little um, video where I'm changing shirts a lot um, mm. in an almost like stop motion-ish kind of way. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it's it's got such yeah. a strong aesthetic to it. And... It's so like, um, I, I do think like my 2018 comparisons were pretty spot on. Yeah. It is a bit like Jack Stauber and Lewis Cole. It's funny, Lewis actually. Lewis Cole also, sorry, you go. The This is a very cynical thing to admit kind of, but I was mm. like taking stock of like, there were all these YouTube videos going viral and they were all kind of similar, like the song Pretty Girl by Claro or like... Um, uh boy pablo whatever the name of that song is but like there's a bunch of these videos and they're all like kind of lo-fi video and like mm. they've got the lyrics down the bottom and yeah. so in my head when i was making the video mm. at least i was like it needs to be like this <laughs> i need to <Yeah>. go viral <laughs> yeah and, and um it's, it's so i tried ah, to make that so happen good but um it's so good it's got 50 yeah. likes on facebook i mean on youtube hey that's pretty that's Not pretty bad. legit it's got a lot of comments from people. Bill Gates, apparently. Yeah. Bill Gates commented. Um, he did. He liked it. Yeah. Lots of strangers and lots of people stumbling across this. It's good. And yeah. so they should because it's a great song. And I did think about the Claro thing when yeah. I heard it. <laughs> like her yeah. music wasn't really an influence, but um, but yeah, just, I guess just there was this kind of wave of like bedroom pop people. Mm. Um. Yeah. You know, just songs becoming randomly, insanely popular on YouTube. And yeah. some of it was, you know, slightly suspicious. <coughs> Clara. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> what her, her parents being loaded is just a coincidence. I think so, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I might backtrack slightly. Like, this album came about... Well, as I mentioned in my message to you, which is so funny that I said this, that I I did go to the conservatorium. <laughs> um, but after I graduated, and I've talked about this on the other episode, but, like, I really didn't write much music after that for, like, almost a year. And then so the, these songs were kind of me getting back into liking writing music again. Um, and so it is very... A lot of them are very, like just trying to write something fun and like catchy and like not thinking too hard and just a lot of silly lyrics and stuff, especially initially. And then it kind of transformed from there. Um, but yeah. So yeah, this song, mm. I'm so cool. I think was the second 
song that I'd written after uni. The first one I never actually finished and never released and never will. Um, but it was kind of oh. like... This is the unfinished song that I just mentioned. myself how to write a song <clears throat> properly again and how to record stuff and yeah yeah it's funny because you wouldn't think it's like your kind of second song ever written yeah like, i'd written I, songs I know, before i went to uni and then i just did classical yeah. music and then i like <laughs> i don't know yeah yeah but it i think i think that's what makes it such an interesting outlier in terms of like imagining it or understanding it from like a bedroom pop perspective yeah because it so clearly isn't music by like a sole bedroom pop person it's mm. really weird and there's t twists and turns and there's like yeah it goes to new places and the progression's really fun yeah yeah maybe we should it's, listen it's to that a, song let's listen to let's i'm so chuck cool it on. and then we can let's talk about it I'm properly <laughs> so good it really really sold me on you <laughs> that's what i like to hear um yeah so i i'm gonna kind of backtrack a little we kind of started this episode in a bit of a chaotic way but um yeah um maybe we can talk about the song a little bit first uh just musically mm. and then i'll kind of talk about the lyrics and all that stuff so the progression is kind of this circle of circle of fifths ish thing circle of fifths yeah like um 
Yeah, very kind of common sort of jazz chord progression or just very common chord progression. Um, then there's a secondary dominant going to the relative minor. And then at the end, I use a tritone substitution for the chord five. Um, so a lot of this was sort of influenced by learning jazz piano in high school. Uh, so I did up until I think fourth grade piano classical and then I really hated doing exams and I never wanted to do one again so after that I started learning jazz piano from a woman named Leonie Cohen who's like a really great jazz pianist very uh good teacher um and so like even some of the licks in the solo is like stuff that I learned from her like she had these specific 251 licks that she taught me and like so one of them is in there at the end the <laughs> like that's like something that I practice with us it's funny like that it comes out in this song like you know almost you know 8 years after I'd stopped having lessons with her um so yeah, that's I like love harmonically. That you just that stuff, hey. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, and then the song is just the same chord progression the entire way through. Like it does not change, <clears throat> not once. So I had to feel like I had to do a lot with the arrangement and stuff to try and keep it interesting and keep it actually <laughs> actually engaging. Mm. I also need to shout out my friend Kieran Frame who helped me mix it because I really like. I left uni. I knew nothing about how to mix something in a in GarageBand. Mm. Like I was just. Yeah, you know, using Sibelius, doing notation, that sort of stuff. I just wasn't yeah. not using GarageBand or or any digital audio workstation. I just like mm. had to teach myself how to do it. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Do you think that's changed now? Do you think that I, if you did I the same think course so. again, I mean, would... like I learned some things. I did a couple of electronic music courses, but like not really. Like no one ever sat down and was like, "This is how you mix a song. This is where everything should yeah. go." Blah blah blah. That was all just yeah. YouTube tutorials and my friend Kieran helping me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's musically. Yeah. And then in terms of the lyrics, I want to kind of go back into the origins of the name Fen is Cool because I think it's just like an Instagram handle that I picked and I just thought it was funny. I think it's funny to, mm. to say, like, I am cool or, like, it's like the least cool thing you can do. <laughs> so, that was like a kind of fun, I guess, an irony in in the in the Instagram handle when I picked it. I didn't really think too hard about it. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but, like, originally, like, I, I made a Facebook page before I had any music. Like, I think I had music written, but, like, nobody nobody really knew that. <laughs> hmm. But I just had this Facebook page called Fen is Cool, and I just I posted this just random videos of me, like... I think one of them is me lip-syncing to Welcome to My Life by Simple Plan, and then I drink <laughs> a 1.25 liter of Mountain Dew... Yes. <laughs> um, so this is before really I was on, you know, using videos on Instagram. I was just posting weird selfies on Instagram. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so that's kind of what the page was. And then when I actually made music, people were like, oh, like, oh, this is a band. I, I thought this was just like some weird <laughs> yeah. Facebook page. Uh, but yeah. Page. Yeah. And then with the song like i think those lyrics are probably placeholder lyrics or i just did it as a joke uh saying mm. i'm so cool like so many times and then mm. uh you know became a real song wrote the verses the, the melody stuff. of it is so nice though it kind of goes Thanks. to show you don't need a heaps of wordy chorus yeah um yeah it's like what's that what's that progression because it, it's not all diatonic is it uh this progression no. Um, it's because it, exactly. in the I think the fourth chord is like the it's like the third. There's a but secondary major? dominant. Is of, this in C? Yeah, it's in C. Yeah, I always yeah, write in C. It, <laughs> look, it's the that's one of key. my tropes. <laughs> yeah, trope number one. Honestly, yeah, though, like a, if like not to get too heady about it, but mm. there used to be a difference between keys, you know, historically back in the day, and you would know mm. about this because of yeah, all your work microtonal. Stuff. Yeah, everyone everyone miscategorizes uh, Bach's well-tempered ca ca clavier yeah. to be like a celebration of equal temperament. But actually, it was in Workmeister tuning, which was kind of close to equal temperament, but not really. Yeah. And you can hear it in some of the some of the ones, like when he does, I think it's the one in D flat. The, the D flat, the fifth is very unstable in Workmeister. Yeah, it's like very right. sharp or very flat in one direction. So you actually don't hear him playing the one and the five together very often because of how dissonant it sounds. 
Interesting. Um, yeah, it's back on the traditional piano. So, like when people say they have like a favorite key or something, I think mm. generally it means that they physically they enjoy playing that key, or perhaps yeah, like on piano especially, like there's really very little difference between keys, other than a particular key will be higher or lower, mm. and like physically how it feels to play. So that's yeah, kind of but- part of my justification for writing everything in C. <laughs> Well, clearly it suits your voice nicely. Yeah, yeah, the range is good. And also, I don't know, from like a non-piano player's perspective or someone who can sort of just play play school chords, it's kind of like the the white notes become just the diatonic notes and then the black notes become spice notes. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) So it's kind of like an easy way of kind of separating, uh, separating the piano. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, not that you really need that because I think you're a bit further advanced along. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it can be nice to play keys with lots of black notes as well. Like physically, that actually feels more comfortable under the hand for a piano player. Yeah, um, it's true. Yeah, C major is actually slightly awkward, but funnily mm. enough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's I'm so cool. I mean, that yeah, there's some funny lyrics on there that um, yeah, I probably wouldn't write now. Maybe like. Mm. yeah Um, but i wish that i could smile when people fought that's a good mm. line i thought (laughs) yeah yeah i i really like it it does seem like they're written without too much consideration as to what's cool and that's what makes it freaking cool you know it's it's just a it's a cracker it's such a good mission statement for you to begin with yeah for your project fen is cool yeah oh thank you should we move on to the next uh, song? Let's do it. What's our next song? I think let's do Vertigo. Um, yes. Okay. By you two. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> I'm out of place, golf. Honestly, that's probably why I called it Vertigo. <laughs> I think both because it is reason. about having Vertigo and then it's also about... Yeah, well, and also just because I like that song, Vertigo, and I thought it was funny. Yeah, nice. Okay, let's do it.
And there we go. Nice. I prefer that to the U2 version. <laughs> I prefer um, U2. <laughs> fair enough. There's a couple of like very um, clear influences when I listen back to this one. Um, definitely there's this one Beach Boys um, track called Don't Rest, Put Your Head on My Shoulder. And there's this like deleted, uh, you know, this outtake on Pet Sound Sessions where it's Brian Wilson recording this really big four-part vocal. Um, and so that definitely inspired like those harmonies there. Mm. Um, at the beginning, those kind of dense chords and the voice leading and stuff. One, two, three, four. Yeah, let's that voice. One, two. Three, four. The chord progression is is uh, once again a circle of fifths, but this time it's very chromatic, like in the in I'm So Cool, it's very, like, keeping it in the key, like, keeping it diatonic. And so in this mm. one, it's, like, B-flat, E-flat, A-flat, D-flat, G-flat, B-natural, and then the B-natural resolves back to B-flat. Mm. So it's, like, a very, really chromatic progression, and I was really, really happy with it. Um, and the way the voice setting all works, too, like, it's all kind of... Lots of stuff either moving in step or notes in common, which I'm yeah. just going to destroy my uh, mic setup here while I get the keyboard out to try and play it. And this is actually the keyboard I recorded everything on as well, which is kind of fun. It's this is that really the same old keyboard. It's a Casio it Tone Bank, which is not a cool like Casio Tone. It's like a it's like a really random keyboard, and I got it from a family friend called Craig. Um, who was always, like, really supportive of, you know, music stuff because he was a musician. Um, really cool guy. Um, R.I.P. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry to hear that. Huh? Sorry to hear that. Yeah, and it sucks. Uh, but it's kind of funny. Like, the two things that I got from him is, like, this Casio keyboard, which, like, all throughout my childhood I was like it sounds so weird and bad and then like mm. when I was making this album I was like actually I love this keyboard and it sounds awesome yeah um and then I I have like an electric piano at home that I got from him uh, after he died um oh. it's kind of nice I like have these two very different Casio keyboards and they're both from the same person yeah Whoa. that is kind of nice is, is that is is your one what's the model number of yours CA110 I've no idea what year it's from I'll, I'll play you the vertigo progression. So even the, so the first two chords, like, um, there's this nice kind of guide tone uh, voice leading going on where it's going from the seventh to the third, to the seventh, to the third, to the seventh, to the third, to the third. Um, and then there's another nice kind of guide tone, which is, Seventh, oh sorry, no. Third, seven, third, seven, third, uh, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it all just, I don't know, it just all works really nicely. <laughs> yeah, uh, is, is it fourths or fifths that's moving? It's going up in fourths, but like technically it's a circle of fifths progression because if I start from here. Oh, you understand yeah, what true. I mean? Where it's yeah, like going yeah, up know, and forth, know. up by fourth and then down a fifth. But really, it's all moving in fifths, if that makes uh, sense. Moving down in fifths. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. I understand now. Yeah, I was yeah. just confused because it sounds really like jazzy, I guess, for lack yeah. of a better word. But it, I know jazz, like the thing is fourths as opposed to fifths. Uh, yeah, they call it the cycle of fourths. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I have been doing a lot more uh, classical <laughs> yeah. in terms of theory and the stuff that I teach is way more um, classical, classical framework. 
yeah, so that's Vertigo. I mean, I mainly wanted to talk about the chord progression, really. I found the lyrics to be kind of cringy. Um, <laughs> no, don't you dare. Take it back. Okay, I take you it be back. Kind, you I be think kind the lyrics are fend. awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're sick. Channel cool. 2 means ABC, if anybody didn't know that. Oh, that's that. right. Yeah, yeah channel, channel 1 was SBS. Yeah, they, ABC you is don't on... don't want to put is, that on at nighttime. I think Channel 1 is like Channel 10 now. Anyway, but... <laughs> really? Yeah. God, the world's gone mad. The world's gone mad. <laughs> One particular I, line I, that I, I that I cringe every time I sing it is when mm. I go, and I am a scholar and a gent. I'll give you every compliment. When I'm on bridges, I can faint. <laughs> scholar like, and a gent. It's definitely from a time, right? Like that was know. only five years ago. I mean, I think I wrote it as a joke, but then it's it's even as a joke, I'm just like, oh man, I can't. Mm. <laughs> I, I like the I like the lyrics. It reminds me of like the kind of liminal space of like maybe being young and waking up and doing things in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean really it, most of it is just about having vertigo, which really was something that came on when I was a, an adult rather than a teenager like Everyone in really? my family, my extended family has vertigo like crazy, like really intense. Whoa, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, so but I never thought that I would get it, and then I got it, you know, relatively... Well, like, it's not debilitating. It's just, like, when I'm in high places, I feel extremely destabilized. And, like, right. um, yeah. like if I have a friend who... Like, one of my friends, he was living on, like, the 26th floor of an apartment building, and, like, I I couldn't go on the balcony or whatever, because... Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. It just freaked me out. But and I had funny, to, like, sit times... on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's what you do, right? That fixes it. Ground yourself. I, I yeah. like used to get it just from being really tired. Right. And like hung over or like, you know, being really just wiped out, exhausted. Um, yeah. And usually at work when I'm stressed out, which yeah. is so uncomfortable and horrible yeah. to have happen. Jesus. But yeah. So wait, it's like a hereditary thing? Like it's... I guess so. Yeah. But oh, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people get vertigo. Mm. And like, you know, it's not... It's not a big deal. It's just... No. Good movie, too. Great movie. Mr. Hitchcock. <laughs> yeah. Unpopular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this pod's all about. Speaking of uh, tall buildings, were we? Mm -hmm. Let's do the song Cathedral. Yeah. Uh, I might actually give a little bit of context for this one. Whoa. So, this was about Notre Dame, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Burning down. <laughs> yeah. Just like your album, your... <laughs> Very popular exclusive album. CD what is only. Burning Notre Dame. <clears throat> I think you gave me a copy of that the first time I, I saw you. I think play. it's online now. Anyway, um, en enough of my Notre Dame. Yeah, Back to no, your it's cathedral. about me, man. Yeah, yeah. This song, actually, so a lot of this album I wrote when I had just been fired. <laughs> oh, really? Well, it was not so much fired, but at JB Hi-Fi, they're, they're the cowards who don't fire you. They just stop giving you shifts. Oh, um, So, I'd quit my job at Coles, and then I'd started working at JB Hi-Fi, helped build mm. the friggin' store in Modern Place, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, right. And then, like, they just, a bunch of people, they just stopped giving them shifts. And, Love yeah. That. Um, so, then I just had this kind of, this, like, like a three-week period or something where... I was just completely unemployed and had nothing to do. And it was like school holidays. So even the small amount of teaching that I had, like hadn't started up again. Mm. So, um, yeah, what happened was I just wrote a bunch of this, I, like pretty much the majority of this album all in that kind of two or three week period and recorded it. But what happens when you're writing a lot of music in a short amount of time is you kind of run out of stuff to write about. Um, so this song Cathedral isn't actually my own story. It's based on a Raymond Carver short story that I really liked. Oh. Um, and so just kind of a retelling of that short story from the perspective of the, the narrator, the first person protagonist. Yeah. Um, and the story is about a man who, uh, his wife has like a pen pal, but a pen pal who's blind, um, so they send each other like tapes back and forth and they've been friends for a really long time. And this man is like really jealous of his wife's relationship, kind of friendship with this, with this blind man. Um, and then the blind man comes to, um, to stay with them for a while. And he's kind of, he's kind of like seething a little bit inside and like, he doesn't like it and it's, it bothers him. 
Um, and then one night, he and the blind man are watching TV together, and uh, the blind man asks him to um, to trace the um, the pictures that are on the TV, or like try to draw the things that are on the TV, so that he can kind of understand what's what he's looking at. Um, and so the guy does that, and it's this really beautiful moment of like kind of empathy between people, and just it's just a really nice short story and it's really this does the what the best short stories do which is it creates this vignette this really small moment that has this greater resonance um which i think you know good songs can do that as well where it's a short Mm. form um where you can kind of create this this examination of a small moment and give it importance yeah Hmm. wow i had no idea i thought this was um thought this was all or you yeah yeah no it's not me yeah so um, it, it, did you borrow the words or like did you just kind of interpret it i just kind of interpreted it based on what i remembered like i didn't even yeah. really reread the story like i'd read it a bunch in high school so just based on yeah. what i remembered and then i think there's one line which is the very last line which is a direct quote from the from the story yeah cool oh okay. wow it's some cool context yeah, it's a it's a fun like thing to try, like writing a song based on somebody else's story or whatever. Like it, yeah, kind of is like a fun way of getting over writer's block. Um, mm. yeah, and you end up writing stuff you wouldn't otherwise do. And yeah, so much great music is based on that, isn't it? Yeah, when you think about it. Yeah, um, let's listen to it. Here we go, Cathedral. He sat. Opposite me on the couch Said he could not hear the TV I did not listen to him instead Listen to the sound of the man on my screen Did you know that in France The cathedrals are nearly That's 
definitely my favorite off the album. <laughs> it's so cool. Thank you. Such yeah. a cool song. There's like a lot to kind of unpack, but why don't you tell the listener what's going on with the drums at the very end? Yeah. So the drums at the end, when they finally come in, they come in just really right towards the end. Um, it's a pattern that's uh, it's like a 13-8 pattern, which is treated like a bar of 6-4 plus an extra quaver. So dum cha da da 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 so what happens is because all the vocal melodies and everything is just in regular 6-4, then um, the drums get kind of offset by a quaver each time. It's almost like a minimalist mm. kind of technique where it's this section that's a quaver longer than the rest of the music. And then on top of that, after a couple of repetitions of that, I just add like a kind of just every crotchet just bass drum just going bonk 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 <laughs> <laughs> and then there's some other like bongos and like uh clicking and stuff um hmm. yeah some other random other percussive elements happening as well yeah. yeah and then on top of that like the the actual like keyboard parts they have their own sorry uh their own rhythmic things going on where sometimes it feels like you're in like and then other times it feels like you're in like a hemiola kind of thing or different divisions of that 6-4 bar like 1-2-3-4-5-6 anyway so yeah it's like a lot of rhythmic stuff happening over top of each other yeah yeah those lyrics are really beautiful I think even though it's like yeah, taken from a short story, it feels very much um, you. Yeah, feels very much like it's your your style and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's probably yeah. influenced by um, Raymond Carver definitely a lot um, in high school. <clears throat> like I read a lot of his work, so maybe it goes in that direction. I don't know. Mm. Something thing, I want to. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You go first. Okay. Something I want to say, and this is kind of a thing that can be applied to the whole album, but, and maybe just all your releases um you have a really great unique sound font um and when i say sound font i mean kind of like uh just sort of like the way that you add basses and what they sound like and just the instruments you use basically on the synth and stuff so the bass that comes in um at the very last kind of paragraph the all right i say to him the boom 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 yeah 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 it's such a cool sound. It's like a, it almost gives me video game vibes, like a little bit, like yeah, like it could be from like a Xbox game. Yeah, I, I think it's all just from this uh, Casio CA one ten. <laughs> that's what. That's totally what does it. I think because yeah. the whole thing, and even um, like I'm so cool. The drums on that, they yeah. sound great. Were they also from the um, Casio? Yeah, as it's- well. But just <laughs> that kind of stuff. It's um, so trippy hearing <laughs> it outside of the context of your song. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love the sound fonts in this, and I think the the stuff you the stuff you chose here, especially the way this song evolves, it's a real slow burner. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's great the way it's structured, and yeah. by the time you get to the end, when all the big drums come in, it's yeah, it feels well deserved. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, building it up and. I was definitely inspired by some of the stuff I learned at uni, um, kind of using these minimalist techniques. We did a lot of minimalist music at uni, actually, um, as everybody does. But it, in a way, I was like trying to copy minimalist textures, but without having to go through all the bother of like actually doing proper phasing, getting the element and reducing the tempo by 1% or whatever. Um, mm. So what I was doing is just with the vibraphone parts in the middle, mm. um, that all sound kind of random. It was just kind of using aleatoric um, rhythms laid on top of each other to create this really... Aleatoric meaning? Meaning, like, random chance-based rhythms, I guess. Like, just playing intentionally out of time. Um, Yeah, I I totally knew that. I was just asking for the listeners. Yeah, 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 of course. And... (laughs) Yes, it's five. I was just testing you. Um, yeah, and so like layering aleatoric rhythms on top of each other creates like a real complexity of rhythm, like basically just playing intentionally out of time or intentionally mm. whack rhythms yep. 
can sound really great and especially if it's layered like a lot um so i use that technique a lot to if i i'm wanting some kind of like dense um textural kind of rhythmic thing just randomness is just the best way to go for that it is yeah i agree was that were those vibes real or was that no i'm pretty sure this is it's also the uh i can find it oh yeah something like that (laughs) maybe now i think about it's it's probably less xbox and maybe like a generation behind that like maybe ps1 kind of sounds yeah 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 Yeah. it's just this keyboard man (laughs) it's good i'm pretty sure the entire album is like is literally just this keyboard uh and then there's like some added drums and stuff and like one couple of songs that have piano um Hmm. yeah and this keyboard which on certain sounds can't play more than four notes so that was also Classic. like a some kind of limitation where I was like, oh, like yeah. I can't do like a really dense chord necessarily. Yeah, um, you'd have yeah. to record two d- separate tracks. To, yeah, exactly. To get your eleven add thirteen chords. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Whatever. The up, sweet whatever eleven add thirteens. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, should we talk about the the next track? Was there more you want to say about this one? This yeah. Considering this is all kind of just on that keyboard, this might be perhaps the cheapest album ever made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? I use the Zoom H4, the same one that I'm using to record this podcast. It's like the only mic yeah. I've ever used. <laughs> Respect, because yeah. it's it, you've got a good sound out of it, and um, yeah, on both fronts, so it's very cool. Nice. In, in terms yeah. of the structure, one of the things I did with the chord progression is I just made it really long because <laughs> I think, as you can probably tell by the three songs we've talked about, I was yet to learn about the concept of uh, having a second section, having a varying section. Mm. So <laughs> every song we've talked about thus far has just been a repetition of the same chord progression and, to, and then the song just ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but this one is a lot, lo- a lot uh, longer than the other chord progressions we've done thus far. Mm. <laughs> Good little cheat. If you don't want to write a chorus, just write a very long verse. <laughs> Hmm. I'll do the same thing, but play the chords half time or double time. Yeah, exactly. Um, good examples of that. Damn it by Blink-182, Scar by Missy Higgins. It's all just oh, the same chords. Just you put, you hold it for twice as long for the chorus. That's very yeah. smart. Actually, I think Scar and Damn it by Blink-182 have the exact same chord progression. And that gives me a really cool mashup idea. you leave me with a Scar. Oh, I know what I'm doing after this. On my oh day my off. god! Can't wait for the mashup. Yeah. Is it that time of year where we talk about the song this time of year? I think it is. Have you ever felt so alone that you could die? Cause I
hearing you get up from the piano at the end oh yeah that's yeah. funny actually like the song existed without that little outro for a very long time and like i just well you know me i am constantly having like weird creative ideas or just like even with this podcast trying to plan different ways of doing things and <laughs> overthinking stuff and i'm always sending messages to people being like hey, we should do this um <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so like one idea i had was to do live versions on just piano and voice for every song and then include that as like for free if you downloaded the album or something like as a promotional thing yeah and then i obviously didn't do that <laughs> but then i just included the snippet of the the solo piano voice version of that song that I recorded. And I think it kind of works nicely as a little outro. It sounds great. It definitely. Yeah. It doesn't sound at all like an afterthought. It just sounds like something that you wrote into it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I do like that little bit. Yeah. Hmm. I also like the bird sounds. I don't, I don't know if yeah. you've experienced this particular type of bird flock, but there's sometimes in the Strathfield sound. station or Epping mm -hmm. and, it's just the loudest sound you've ever heard in your life. Like, mm -hmm. such an intense, like, flock of birds. I have no idea what birds they are. Like, yeah. they're just going absolutely crazy. If you know what they are, email us. Yeah, please. We would appreciate it. I would love to know. But yeah, yeah. like, uh, it just... Yeah, I don't, I don't even know when I recorded it. Like, I don't know why I had my microphone <laughs> to be able to record those birds. Um, That's but I'm the beauty glad of that I the did. Zoom H4. You can take it anywhere. It's true. Yeah, it's a field recorder. So hey. I did the same thing Benefits. with um, with bugs for the, my song "Bug." I recorded yeah, the that's got the cicada yeah. sound. Yeah, I, I yeah. Like there were just you, these intense ambient noises in Australia. Mm. Like I don't know. It's yeah, crazy. I lo I love when they're so intense that it's like distressing. Yeah, like something it's just so like white beautiful noise. as nature, and then just. This, getting your eardrums split by these horrible birds. Yeah, it's like it's you can't even hear people talking when these birds are, mm. are sounding. That's how crazy it is. It's, it's um, funny. But, yeah. Um, lyrically, this song is like kind of like way more angsty than um, songs like "I'm So Cool." Yeah. But this is sort of more in line with how I find myself feeling about life now, as opposed to five years ago. It's really yeah. like. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like, yeah, I, it's. I guess ultimately the song is about. <clears throat> it's about not being depressed. <laughs> mm. Or like, it's like, I don't know. You go through life, you meet people who are seriously depressed and like mm. actually do want to die and not just in like a meme way, you know? Mm. And like, that's really intense, you know, to. I don't know, to meet people and to talk about that and all that stuff. Mm. And so, but, you know, self, I'm a very, you know, introspective person, I guess. I think a lot about myself um, yeah. can be a flaw, but 
yeah, anyway, so I, I guess, like, this song is me thinking about, like, why why don't I feel like that? You know? Yeah. Like, why but am like, I not that type of person? I'm depressed. Yeah. I, I think, like, I, th- I think it's written in the lyrics, right? Because it's kind of, like, pretty grounded. Like, it's talking about, like, um, life's boring, sometimes hard. People are crap. Opinions don't matter. It's hot yeah. this time of year. Like, en- ending Thank you for with, like, removing about... all the swear words. <laughs> Talking about how it's like hot this time of year is just like it like brings you back to reality. It's like it's it seems yeah. like an as someone who's like I know I've never had that horrible aforementioned depression that you just mentioned, no. but I have had like pretty severe bouts of anxiety. And I yeah. know like from experience that being connected to things that are happening in the real world in terms of like, you know, natural what you're feeling yeah, uh, those are the sorts of thoughts that can ground you where you go, yeah. hey, wait a second, you know, the sun's going to come up and, you know, the weather's hot. Yeah, These are grounding are... exercises, right? Is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah, things yeah. you can think, like like when you're having a panic attack, they say name three things you can taste, three things you can touch and three things you can see. Yeah. And that kind yeah. of brings you out of your head. And so, yeah, yeah. When, you, when you say that, that maybe you spend time in your head. I don't know if you spend too much time, <laughs> at least compared to like maybe, I don't know. It, do, it doesn't seem like a alarming type or the type that will make you less likely to engage with the world, if you know what I mean. No, I th- it's more just that um, the way that I understand things and interpret things is very much filtered through like um, myself and... Uh, it's it's really it's hard to explain (laughs) but as opposed to other people who are like like certain people are like extremely outwards looking and like extremely empathetic Mm. um not that i'm not an empathetic person (laughs) Mm. but no it's i'm just like thinking about like oh how would i feel if i was in that situation i guess or or like think about how things affect me I, i don't know it's another type of empathy it's like, yeah, and, it's, and that's just, like kind of like the different. paradox of, of like music, right? Which is like, if you write lyrics to try and relate with a whole bunch of people, sometimes you can fall flat on your face. But if you're writing lyrics, kind of just speaking about what's going on with you, yeah, it can kind of, it has more, it's more likely to resonate with everyone because we're actually not that different. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely what I try to do in my writing. It's just like it's weird writing songs it's like this intense autobiographical exercise where you're just like writing about you know all your thoughts and feelings and stuff mm. and um or, or almost like an auto fiction exercise where it's like you know you're writing about a character who is you but who is also not always you <laughs> mm. and some of the yeah. things are real some of them aren't but the feelings are real i don't yeah. know it's it's a really weird and complicated thing that we don't think about very much um yeah and and it's like ineffable and hard to talk about because it's it's not really something that can be like conveyed with words all the time but yeah and it's like why yeah why do we why do we do this why do i feel the compulsion to like write you know all these words about like all this random stuff you know ultimately Mm. Or, or like all these words about myself and my experiences Mm. it's almost like a form of of journaling or something yes that's totally it going back to the obscure hail thing right like yeah sort of like he was doing that to have have a way of like categorizing and archiving his life through you know because he was afraid of dementia afraid of forgetting things Yeah, yeah i think like i wonder if sometimes when i'm writing these songs it's a way of processing feelings that I don't normally think about in my day-to-day life because mm. I mean anybody who's spent any amount of time with me knows that I, generally I'm not particularly serious or like you know I'm always trying to make jokes and stuff and like mm. and especially in group situations always trying to like make people laugh maybe that also comes from anxiety just like always wanting to be like you know oh like me like me you know yeah 
I'm a middle child, you know, I, I crave attention. Um, whatever it is. It's also it is, like, like a classic, like, human desire to, like, belong, right? Yeah. And, like, yeah. if somebody is, like, laughing or, like, at the thing you said, then you're like, oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, comforting. Yeah, of course. And, like, yeah. I feel deeply uncomfortable whenever there's a silence in a conversation. I'm like, oh, oh, I've got to mm. say something. Yeah. Which um, is not always the best impulse. But, um. No. It's good to learn to sit with that stuff, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, think a lot, a lot of musicians probably feel the same way and have the same kind of conundrums about why even bother sharing stuff or you know, like yeah, what for? And Fear, I always like, sorry, yeah. I was going to say I always say don't think about it. <laughs> well, that's the best because I try not to think about. It. No, that's that's a good that's good advice, really. But yeah, but like yeah, I, I do wonder like because like I'm I'm not having these sorts of you know. I'm not saying like deep shit to my friends. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies for the swear word, but like, like um. even you know close friends and stuff. I'm not really having you know. I'm not thinking mm. about like any sort of existential stuff. So maybe yeah. Just when you maybe, write songs, because it's just you by yourself. You kind of maybe start it's a bit cultural too. It. Maybe it's yeah. a bit of a cultural thing. Like I don't know. I I, I sort of I. I don't really care about having dnms at parties anymore yeah like, like i'm 30 like i just like i'm out of there man <laughs> i'm not interested <laughs> i've heard all the conversations and like it's sweet and people should feel empowered to do that and have those chats and stuff no but, i mean um, i yeah i i do you know it's nice every once in a while but it's really yeah. it's it's not my natural mode of communicating with no. with other people and that's what makes it special I guess the fact so. that you're not always, yeah, you don't want to inhabit that space all the time because then it just gets too stressful and too existential and everything's always, yeah. yeah. I'm still trying to find the middle ground of like where not everything is a joke and mm. but also not everything is that deep. Yeah. It's tricky, like, yeah, because, you know, like you can treat stuff that's a joke like... Like, even when I was talking about, like, my family friend who, mm. like, who died a couple of years ago, like, mm. you know, start laughing and, like, it's, like, it's a funny thing, but it's really not at all. Like, it's really sad. Mm. And, like, he li he had a really hard life and stuff. Mm. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, um... And, and you sort of want to mention hard. these things, like, I think putting them in the context of being funny is kind of a way of processing it. But yeah, but you, then it's also a way of, like, not dealing with it, you know? Yeah. Like, like I couldn't just say, like, like well, when I brought it up, I couldn't, hmm. I don't know. Or maybe I also felt like this is not the place to talk about it or yeah. when I brought it up earlier. Like, yeah. But it would have been hard for me to just be, like, be completely, fully sincere in that yeah. moment. Yeah. And not laugh. Like, it's, yeah, it's hmm. it's a... It's a balancing act. I, I don't know. We're all just figuring it out, I guess. Totally. And I think a lot of the time, like, your reaction to, like, what can be, like, traumatic events in your life kind of dictates how other people will react as well. Yeah. Like, I found that with grief. It's just, like, people are kind of waiting for you to kind of, like, you, like you tell them something horrible that has happened yeah. to you or might be happening to you. And then... um. And then they're waiting for the bit that makes it digestible. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. Kind they're of up waiting to you for whether you, to... you want to give it, or, or if you yeah. feel comfortable to give it. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, like you're, yeah. When you interact with somebody, you're kind of, yeah. They're they're looking for how you feel, or mm. they're look kind of looking for you to to get rid of that uh the discomfort of talking about difficult things. I guess. Mm. And yeah. humor is one way that people deal with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, and yeah, it's tricky. And it's and I think, yeah, I definitely do, do that a lot. But um, yeah, it's it's like you, you kind of I find a sort of find I oscillate between moments of extreme like, you know, sincerity and extreme like this is so important and I got to think about it. And times when you just go, yeah, autopilot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it. it it's funny because, like, um, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's no right answer, really, with, with any of this, really. 
Because, yeah. like, I, I love, you know, I, I love laughing. Like, I love mm. comedy. If I'm watching a movie, I want it to be funny. Like, like um, one thing I didn't say was that before making this album, I'd been trying to do stand-up comedy and, like, did it a few times and stuff. Mm. So I think that also inspired it somewhat. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's one of my favorite things in the world. Is, like, is to laugh and making other people laugh and stuff. So, for sure. And this yeah. is the really curious Venn diagram we find ourselves nestled in between yeah. Venn, which is creating a music commentary podcast, which is also slightly existential and also <laughs> slightly funny. We hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a home for weird people and if you've made it an hour and 10 minutes in we love you we love you thank you thank you and go and listen to fans music there's a lot of people who've purchased this on Bandcamp, and some of them have anime avatars yes it was released on a slovakian tape label called z tapes and i have to thank um philip zemchik for um releasing it because that was a cold email, essentially, that I sent to him. Um, hmm. And it's, you know, it's tricky to run a cassette label and that, and he doesn't run it anymore, but he was, you know, he's a very good person and he really put on for a lot of music just based on, um, you know, hearing it um, from cold emails and stuff. So. Yeah. It's awesome. Absolutely. I find that's a really common kind of story is these labels will just, you know, they're not making much money at all. Yeah. If anything, they're losing money. Yeah. It's Um, just a great person and a music lover and stuff. Anyway, that was, you know, a little shout out to Philip. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right at the end. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. As always, music rules. And um, stay cool. Stay cool. (laughs) 